the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Radio. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. We're so glad to have you with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Povado and Damien Colado. Hey, guys. Happy Monday. Happy chilly Monday. Yes. Good morning, everyone. Yeah. Happy week of Thanksgiving. Wow. All Yay. the kids are out of school. Hip, hip, Woo. hooray. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed, they are. But you know, most importantly, today's the memorial of the presentation of Mary. Yes. So we'll start this morning in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As we venerate the glorious memory of the Most Holy Virgin Mary, grant we pray, O Lord, through her intercession that we too may merit to receive from the fullness of your grace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, the Blessed Virgin Mary, pray for us. Yes. Pray for us. Yes, we will learn more about our saint of the day later on in today's show. We're starting off with Dr. Tom Ryan. He's the interim vice president for mission and identity at Loyola University in New Orleans. And today he's going to be talking about his reflections, living the word 2022 year a. So we're getting into that new liturgical year and getting prepared for that. So Dr. Ryan's going to be with us in about six minutes. In 18 minutes, 18 minutes, Dr. Kevin Voss joins us to talk about his book called You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness, just in time for Thanksgiving. So we're going to be talking to Dr. Kevin about that. In 35 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He's an author of Failing Forward, or co-author of Failing Forward, Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens today. And every Monday, he joins us to talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. It's always a fun topic with Alan, so stay with us for that. And in 48 minutes, Jeremiah Harrison talks about his planner called Fiat, the traditional Catholic planner. You guys, I can't wait to open my new liturgical planner that I have. It's just, mm -hmm. I look at it every day. I'm like, okay, not yet, not yet. So uh, <laughs> looking forward to speaking with Jeremiah. Real quick, Damien, I want to give a shout out to Paul Pitts. I actually met Paul over the weekend. Uh, he is the DRE at St. Clair's Catholic Church in Waveland, and he listens to us every morning, and he wanted to say how much he loves Catholic Community Radio. So, Paul, I hope you have a great day, and thank you so much for tuning in every day. Good morning, Paul. Yeah. I'm so glad yeah. you could join us and right. hope you uh, keep an umbrella handy, at least for this morning. No. Uh, it's going to be cloudy, light <laughs> chance of rain. No big deal, just <laughs> okay. a sprinkle here and there. Uh, but more importantly, it's going to start warming up. That's the good news. Alicia's all bundled up here in the <laughs> studio. You would think it's like two below zero outside, but um, it's going to warm up. That's the good news. The high today is going to be 61, low 43. Winds are still out of the north-northeast. That's why it's so chilly, and they're blowing at about 5 to 10 miles an hour tomorrow. And Wednesday, uh, sunny. 
But come Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, guess what? We got rain in the forecast. Also for Black Friday, should have showers, so be prepared for that. In the meantime, temperatures in and around our area, the cool spots, Gulfport and Mandeville right now reporting 39 degrees. Elsewhere, it's 40 in Baton Rouge. Home of Thibodeau, it's 43. And in the Crescent City, 44 degrees. So there's your temperatures. Hi, and we completed the trifecta of football over the weekend. <laughs> Tulane, LA. You and the Saints all won. How about that? Miracles do happen. That's why you listen to Catholic radio, right? Just shows a little rain doesn't hurt, right? A little cold rain. Everybody didn't rain on everyone. That's right. Oh, that's true. So, okay, folks, don't go too far. In just a moment, we'll have the gospel, and we'll also uh, be talking to Dr. Tom Ryan in just a moment. So, stick around. Good Monday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 21. When Jesus looked up, he saw some wealthy people putting their offerings into the treasury, and he noticed a poor widow putting in two small coins. He said, I tell you truly, this poor widow put in more than all the rest, for the others have all made offerings from their surplus wealth, but she from her poverty has offered her whole livelihood. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. It is eight past the hour on Wake Up. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Community Radio. Our first guest today is Dr. Tom Ryan. He's the Interim Vice President for Mission and Identity at Loyola University in New Orleans. Good morning, Dr. Ryan. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning, Gabby. Thanks for being here. And, and almost Happy New Year. The, the liturgical <laughs> New know. Year starts this coming Sunday. <laughs> I know. Very exciting. I always look forward to it every year. And today you're going to be talking about Living the Word 2022 Year A. Tell us a little bit about this. So it's it's a, a, a booklet, a book published by GIA Publications, and it, it takes the Year A Sunday uh, readings and offers reflections on them. So this the, the liturgic, um, the lectionary, the, the the series of readings for Mass, has three years for Sunday readings. So we're just finishing Year C, which emphasized or, or focused on the Gospel of Luke, and uh, we begin Year A with the new year, new liturgical year this coming Sunday, and that focuses on the Gospel of Matthew. And so, living the Word. Um, begins with what I wrote, understanding the word. So, kind of, what did these readings mean originally? And then uh, goes on to my colleague, who's also a Loyola professor, Dr. Deborah Wilhelm, wrote kind of reflections and told would would tell a story to bring these readings to life for our lives today. And she developed some questions for each Sunday and a prayer uh, mm. for each Sunday. So these are good for individual reflection on Scripture, but also group reflection on Scripture. Absolutely. This is such a great tool that we can use for the upcoming new year in our in our church. Uh, Dr. Ryan, how long did it take you to write these? Oh, boy. <laughs> you know, my, I wrote uh, 
400 words for each Sunday, and I just did the readings. I didn't do the Psalms, and so each one I figured was about 133 words for each reading, and so it's it's hard to write short. Um, so it, it took <laughs> yeah. you know it took hours uh, for each each Sunday. So uh, it it was a, it was a it was a labor of love, but a labor nonetheless. Talk about how something like this, when we take it every Sunday and open it up to look at the reflections and prepare for the readings, how can it help us when we kind of uh, sit down in a quiet place and reflect before we maybe go into Mass that day? Right. So um, for, for one thing, it kind of on a big scale, you know, the, the liturgical year, it, there's a rhythm to it. There's Advent and Christmas and ordinary mm-hmm. time and, and Lent and Easter. And so one thing it does is it, it gets us into the rhythm of the, of the liturgical year. You know, sometimes people think of Scripture as this object that you study and you dissect and you look at under a microscope. But, but really, <laughs> it's, it's meant, Scripture is like a world that is meant to transform us. And so reading Scripture, reflecting on Scripture, praying with Scripture, you know, forms our lives really to Jesus' life. We, we, we follow Him in, in through the liturgical year, and so, so reading and praying and reflecting on Scripture forms our lives kind of according to Jesus' life. Um, and so that that's one way one way of thinking of, of, of Scripture. And then kind of each Sunday— we go into Mass and having prayed and reflected on it, and so that enriches our own experience of Mass as we hear the Word proclaimed and then preached on. Um, and so it, it's, it's an enriching uh, experience and that, that leads us deeper into the Word and engagement with the Word and formation by the Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Ryan, you know, I, I, if we were to order the book today, um, I'm not sure if it'll be a, a few days late, but that's okay because we can kind of jump in at any point in time uh, and, and stay on top of the readings and reflections as well. So where can we pick up a, a copy of Living the Word 2022 Year A? Well, you, you could get them here in New Orleans at the, uh, the Catholic <laughs> Bookstore, which is on South Carrollton Avenue there. They're waiting for you. Um, you can order them from GIA, GIA Publications, the, the publisher of the book, and they're also available through Amazon. So, so there are a number of different ways to get it. And I'll be signing books at the Catholic Bookstore on December 10th. Um, so you can come and, and, uh, and, and, and buy a book and get a signed copy there. So, um, so those are some ways of, of, of getting the book. Absolutely. Pick up your Advent wreath over at the Catholic bookstore, pick up a copy of the book, uh, and there you go. You (laughs) you made a great trip over there. Uh, It's right next to Notre Dame Seminary. You can't miss it. Literally the building right next door. Uh, Dr. Ryan, are we expecting any more reflections for next year? I know I'm kind of jumping ahead here. (laughs) Well, I I just turned in the first half of the... uh, of my own work on year B. So year B begins a year from this advent and focuses on the gospel of Mark. And so last week I turned in the first half of my reflections on, on year B. So, uh, so that, that, that was, uh, 
you know, I had to, had to switch gears and focus on Mark. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you can look forward to, to more, more on this next year. I love it. Uh, Dr. Tom Ryan, where can, one more time, can we pick up a copy of Living the Word 2022 Year A? Sure. You can get it from the, the Catholic bookstore where there are lots of Christmas and Advent supplies and books, uh, which is on South Carrollton Avenue here in New Orleans, right next to the seminary. Um, and of course, from GIA Publications and from, obviously, from Amazon. So um, we're also going to have a webinar, the co-author and I, on on November 30th. And if you go to the Loyola Institute for Ministry website on Loyola's homepage, you can get a link to that. So we'll talk about our experience of writing it in that webinar. Perfect. Thank you so much, Dr. Tom Ryan, Interim Vice President for Mission and Identity at Loyola University in New Orleans. Thank you so much and have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thanks so much to you. Speaking of Thanksgiving, we're going to be talking to Dr. Kevin Vost about his book, You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness. Stay with us. It's 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 21st. Today we celebrate the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. There's some uncertainty about the origin of today's feast. Nowhere in the Gospels do we read that Anna and Joachim presented Mary at the temple in Jerusalem. Some other early works indicate that Mary's parents made this offering to God when she was three years old to fulfill a promise Anna made while she was still childless. Despite the lack of historical evidence, Mary's presentation serves an important theological purpose. It flows from the earlier feasts of the Immaculate Conception and of Mary's Nativity, and it emphasizes that the holiness conferred on Mary from the very beginning of her life on earth continued through her early childhood and beyond. Whatever its history, the Feast of Mary's Presentation was celebrated in Jerusalem in the 6th century and in the Western Church in the 11th century. Although it was sometimes missing from the calendar, this feast was extended to the Universal Church in the 16th century. Today we celebrate the fact that from the beginning of her life, Mary was dedicated to God. She herself became a greater temple than any made by human hands. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Happy Monday, everyone. 19 after the hour. Welcome back to Wake Up. Gabby Smith, Damian Collado, and Alicia Quibble. We're all here along with Dr. Kevin Voss, who is here to talk about his new book, You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness. Welcome to Wake Up, Doc. That's a pleasure to be back with you. Yeah, yeah. So, perfect timing. Thanksgiving is this Thursday. We're all about ready to feast on <laughs> turkey and ham and whatever else mom and dad or whatever puts on the table. Uh, but we need to stop and I think at least evaluate our eating habits at this point before we uh, become gluttons. Yeah, good point. And I'm not, I'm not on here as the Grinch who wants to steal Thanksgiving. Right? <laughs> Ooh, I really oh, you, you don't, that's where this was you don't, going. You don't, have a, you don't have a chapter in the book about that, do you? No, I'm kidding. But No, but, <laughs> if I was writing at the right time, maybe I would. <laughs> but, uh, 
but no, you know, and part of the main theme is, you know, there's a chapter, you know, there, there are times to feast and times to fast, and Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is going to be one of those, one of those mm-hmm. feast times. But I think even Thanksgiving, though, can tie into a real theme of this book. You know, if we're going for Thanksgiving and we're having some turkey or ham, if we're having some real vegetables, some, some real fruits, then we kind of really are eating the kind of real foods that God made for us. It seems today we get into the most trouble when we're not eating real foods, but we're eating all this packaged, man-made stuff in the center aisles of the grocery store. So, so I guess my message for Thanksgiving would be, you know, go ahead and enjoy some real food, but maybe try to shy away a little bit from all the fake stuff. So how do we make our bodies living temples? We read about it, we hear about it in Scripture, but, you know, it's hard to follow. We always say we're going to lose weight starting tomorrow. How do we start yeah, today? That, that, well, that is true, you know, and and things like obesity, diabetes, a variety of illnesses have really skyrocketed in the last five or six decades, and it may be because we've been given some nutritional advice to kind of reduce our fat, increase our carbohydrate that tends to make us hungrier and hungrier. So, so, so many of us, you know, my, myself for years, you, you try to lose weight, you might lose a few pounds, now I'm getting hungry, I gain it all back. Well, part of the premise behind you at that temple is to, to look at what research has shown for the kinds of foods that are most likely to make us feel satisfied without overeating. And these tend to be real foods, high in protein, moderately high uh, in fat. And the same kind of foods will also maybe give us a little bit more energy. So we'll feel more like getting out there and if not formally exercising, just mowing the lawn or walking the dog, doing the things that, that God uh, made us to do, you know, to, to use our bodies. And that's so true. We we forget the fact that God lives within us, and we are temples, and we should be more aware of keeping ourselves healthy, both mind, body, and spirit, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm a big fan of St. Thomas Aquinas, and when, mm. when he uh, analyzes the great commandment to love God with all we are and our neighbor as ourself, he says that loving yourself part, he says that includes loving not only your soul but your body. Because, yeah, God made us as body and soul. And even after the, the final judgment, one day, those of us who make it to heaven, we're going to be there with eternally with glorified bodies. So the church has always recognized our bodies are very important. We need to be stewards of them. And as St. Paul tells us, you know, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and we're called to glorify God through our bodies. So... Uh... Kevin, how, how does your book help us become disciplined in doing that? Because that is the challenge, discipline and, and obedience to oneself. Yeah, that is true. The, the two main ways I do that are, are through uh, nutrition and, and exercise on the, on the bodily plane. And mm. part of the argument for multiple chapters in nutrition is that if we can go back to more eating the foods that probably our great-great-grandparents ate, you know, before we had these epidemics of obesity and diabetes, we're probably going to find it easier to restrain our appetites because we're going to be more fully nourished by what we eat. So we won't want to eat all the time. Uh, and another thing that might tie into that is maybe going back to the three square meals a day, not, not snacking all the time. And if we eat these real foods, we're going to find it's easier to do so it doesn't really take as much willpower as we might expect. Uh, and the flip side of that is looking for the right ways to exercise. You know, not everyone has the inclination or, or the, the time to work out for an hour a day, but most of us could maybe do a brief formal workout once a week for 15 minutes and then get out there and mow the lawn and, and walk the dog and do those things. 
So the key things behind this book are looking for simple things we can do in how we eat, in how we exercise, that can make a real difference in how we feel and in our physical, mental, and spiritual health. You touched on some mental fitness. Boy, it seems as though memory loss and Alzheimer's, dementia is becoming more and more prevalent. I know our population is getting older, but sometimes I think it's the foods we eat or what we consume that affect our mental state of mind. Mm-hmm. Yes, I fully agree. I, I did a dissertation in neuropsychology on Alzheimer's back in the late 1990s, and there wasn't much talk that I was aware of at that time about lifestyle and diet. But there are some research out, researchers out there now who are calling Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes, mm. implying that the way our body can be impaired in, in handling sugars through diabetes, it's possible that inappropriate diets over the decades can impair our brain's ability to use sugar and other nutrients. So, so our lifestyle may actually be impacting our chances of getting uh, dementia, Alzheimer's later in life. So, so more reason to try to, you know, rein in what we eat, eat the more proper foods that will keep us physically healthy and mentally sharp as long as possible. Okay, so you, you talk about nutrition, you talk about working out or staying physically fit. How do we tie prayer in with that? Yeah, you know, prayer, prayer is, essential, uh, is essential to all that, because we have to remember, you know, that our bodies themselves are our gifts from God. Mm-hmm. We need to show Him gratitude, and part of our prayers can be prayers of thanksgiving and gratitude. Uh, you know, recognizing, you know, even in the, the, the Lord's Prayer that Jesus gave us, you know, we ask God for our daily bread. We ask that He take care of our physical needs. So I say we may we can train ourselves to, to think about that. Okay, I'm going to go for my daily bread today, not, not two or three days' worth. You know, and God, can you help me do that? Can you help me rein it in? So prayer is super important, and it's also tied in, you know, to fasting. And there's a growing recognition of the, the power of fasting on, on the physical, the, the mental, and the spiritual plane. So often prayer and fasting can go together. You know, we can try to gradually extend the amount of time between our meals, maybe between our, our supper and our breakfast. Also incorporate that morning prayer time before we eat, perhaps a little bit later in the day. You know, that should help us on all the planes of, of body, uh, mind, and soul. Do you talk about fasting in your book? And if so, what, what, how often do you recommend that for an individual? Yes, there, there is a chapter where I address uh, fasting. And this is going to vary greatly for, from person to person. Mm-hmm. I myself don't do extended fasts where I would go entire days without eating, but I have gravitated towards stopping eating at 5.30 p.m., and I don't eat until after a morning workout, maybe 7.30 the next day. So for some of us, if we can even just go 12, 14, maybe 16 hours between our last meal of the day and our next morning, we may find that we feel much better, that we're much healthier, and that our minds feel more alert to, to devote to a morning prayer. So that's the main thing. I also try to reduce snacking between meals to give the body a, a rest, a chance to establish equilibrium before you're constantly making it process uh, new sugars and, and you know new nutrients coming in. And it, I would think that helps you sleep better, and that's important. We often overlook sleep, but that's that's part of being physically fit, right, Doc? Oh, absolutely. And in my own case, when I started eating this way like two years ago, really adapting things, that's one thing that definitely improved uh, was my sleep. I'm naturally tired at night, sleep more restfully, and wake up energized uh, in the morning. And also, by not eating late at night, yeah, we're more likely to sleep better Mm. if we've had several hours between our last food intake and when we go to bed. 
Now, I'm going to change gears on you real quick. We only have a couple more minutes, but I want to touch on something that you have. Uh, if people look up your name, uh, and maybe you could share with us how to get to it, is the number one lesson for husbands and fathers in Christ. I think that is so good. Share with us. Is that uh, part of your website? Oh, you know, that one, you find on the Internet. I, I, I did it at the request of, of a particular uh, ministry. I can't remember which one. It's been several years ago now. But I'm glad that you saw that. And I do recall that the main lesson I recommended there, you know, as, as a father and uh, now grandfather, w- was listen, you know. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, we may be the, the head of the family in a, in a sense, but you want to listen. You want to show people. You want to show your loved ones that you don't take them for granted, that, you're, that, that what they think, that what they feel uh, makes a difference to you. It does. And uh, w- one other thing, uh, you're a Illini, the Fighting Illini. Didn't you go to um, University of Illinois? Well, I was at the University of Illinois at, at Springfield, an, an affiliate oh, here. Okay, Actually, but that's it's still, the same hey, state university. I just want to know how so come they didn't bring you into the <laughs> locker room at halftime <laughs> to make sure they were mentally and physically fit to keep oh, Michigan from kicking a field goal nine <laughs> seconds left in that game. Oh, goodness. Well, I'll tell you, I, I, recently, I recently wrote a book on humility, and it prevents me from responding. <laughs> good answer. Yeah, they, I like that. Very good. Good answer. Uh, well, I tell you what, you have dozens of books out there that people can pick up. Where can they go to find this particular book entitled, You Are That Temple, A Catholic Guide to Health and Holiness? Yes, the publisher is Sophia Institute Press, so sophiainstitute.com could be a first stop. You can also get it on your major you know, online sellers. And if you have a local Catholic bookstore, maybe they have it or can get it. Okay, very good. Dr. Kevin Voss, who is uh, great when it comes to body, mind, and spirit. I love the way you write and continue to do so because that should be part of our everyday diet is reading a little bit of your book each and every day. Well, thanks so much, Damien. I've very much enjoyed this. And have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. God bless you and all you do. All right, folks. 30 after on a Monday. Good morning. It's 35 minutes after the hour. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Community Radio. You're listening to Wake Up. I'm Alicia Quibido with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. It's Monday, so we always get to hear from our friend Alan Migliorato. He is the founder of Adventure Catholic Youth Leadership Formation Training. He is the author of The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter and co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. Good morning, Alan. Hey, good morning, Alicia. Welcome back. Thank you. I missed you while I was in the Holy Land. <laughs> I know. I missed you, too. I got to see your beautiful pictures. It looks like you had a great time. It was a wonderful trip. It really was a wonderful trip. I'm still um, unpacking it. You know what I mean? Just in my in my heart and in my head, just kind of all unfolding. And Damien's giggling, but my clothes are all unpacked. No, I was going to say, her husband said, I wish she'd unpack her clothes. <laughs> no, the second I walked in the door, that happened. Uh, but, Alan, I can't believe it so thursday is thanksgiving and uh, right after that sunday begins 
Advent, which seems like all yep. of a sudden it's here. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it really is, you know, and we, we've gone through, I feel, and every, I think as you get older too, like it feels like things go a lot faster. I remember, yes. you know, being a teenager and thinking, man, this, I will never get to where I'm an adult and working. And and now it's like, wow, I really wish it would be, I could be a teenager again, yes. you know, and it, things just go so fast and um, you just have to appreciate them. I think that the season of Thanksgiving gives us a reminder, you know, to be thankful for everything in our lives, even if sometimes they don't look like a blessing, mm-hmm. um, God's, God's at work. And it, it was honestly like this past Sunday's gospel reading where, you know, Jesus is on the cross and he's like, you know, he can't save himself and people are kind of teasing him and, you know, and, and, and edge, edging him on and saying, if you're the Christ, come down, save yourself. And like, he is saving, he is in the process of saving everyone, yeah. but we don't see it. You know, and so like sometimes things don't look like a blessing when they really are. And I was going to share a quick story with you, if that's okay, this, okay. Uh, yesterday. Um, you see how I didn't even wait for you to say it was okay? I just kind of rolled right into <laughs> You know us so well. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you a question, and I roll right into it. Um, but there was, a, there was a, a boy who brought three of his friends to youth group last night, and these three friends uh, were non- are non-believers. And so they, they're agnostic, they're atheistic, they just don't believe in anything, you know. And so, mm-hmm. like, we, we, had, we had a talk, we watched the video, and then I took these kids into a small group. And we just, instead of, and, I, and this is not me saying, look at what I did. This is not me at all. Like, this is me being quiet and shutting up and just asking questions and not trying to feed, you right. know, yes. uh, information. Because then information doesn't really transform. Uh, it's, it does not cause a transformation. It's, it's when it gets to our hearts. It's the only way to get to somebody's heart is to kind of have them think about things. Yes. And so one of my very favorite questions to ask, and if you know a teenager who's kind of struggling with things and you're not sure what to do, one of my very favorite questions to ask, especially when they say, I don't believe in God, is I always say, if you did, if there was a God, if you did believe in him, for, just humor me for a second, w- and you had one question that you could ask him, what would you ask him? Ah. You know, and so now they're they're kind of forced to think of a God who exists. Yes. And what would they, what would they, and sometimes they'll come back really quick and say, well, why do bad things happen to good people? You know, and yes. so that kind of gives you an insight to like why they're struggling. Um, some people just want to know why. Some people, uh, you know, they, they just all have all different kinds of questions that'll, that'll bring you into their, their struggles. And so I asked the question to these three, um, three individuals last night, these three teenagers, and like they came back with some great questions, you know, like, why, why are we here? You know, one, one boy said, you know, God, if you could change anything over the last 5,000 years, what would you change? And so we started mm-hmm. talking about free will and how it's not God's um, duty to change what we do, it's ours, you know, and so we got into these really deep conversations. And at the end of the night, they wanted to take a tour of the church. And so, like, I had um, some of the some of the younger uh, core members, like, bring them over and just kind of walk them through the church and show them, you know, everything that's going on. And I'm not saying there's a conversion of Paul moment here, but we're planting <laughs> seeds. And yes. so while it doesn't look like, you know, uh, there's hope sometimes for kids who are non-believers or who are struggling with their faith, there always is. And we just can't give up, and we've got to keep that hope. Mm-hmm. And even though, you know, it'll hurt our hearts at times, like, we, we just got to keep pushing forward and uh, and don't give up on them because— uh, the enemy doesn't give up on them, and so right. like, we've got to keep we've got to keep just as resilient and just as persistent mm-hmm. with our faith as parents and as you know youth ministers and and uh, and anyone who ministers to teenagers and young adults. 
Wow. I think that going back to the beginning of your story, so uh, this this uh, student in your youth group brings three non-believers. What a kid. I mean, that's that's amazing to yeah. to be mm-hmm. that kid, to, to offer that invitation uh, to kids that he knows uh, don't believe. That's amazing. Well, he's, yeah. he's very funny. He's very uh, he's very outgoing kid, and so I'm like I'm like so why are you guys here? Like how did how did he get you here? And and the uh, the boy named is Tyler. He goes, oh, I have their family in my basement. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Tyler, you don't really have their family. Like, right? I just want to verify this before he, because we're oh. gonna have basements in Florida. If you did, they'd be underwater. So right. like, same thing here. Yep. okay, right? He's like, yes, they're fine. He's like, they just wanted to come and check it out. And I was like, That's okay, cool. Amazing. And they went to a different church uh, last week to just to kind of look at the church. So I don't know, like, is it about architecture? Is it about, you know, is it about really transforming themselves? Is it about curiosity? But they're all, they're seeking, you know, and so we've got to capitalize on they're seeking, not by feeding information that doesn't go anywhere, but by asking questions and listening. Yes, I'm glad that you brought that up. I I think it's so interesting to, obviously there's a little seed somewhere that they're interested no matter what, for whatever reason, like you said, if it's architecture or or just curious about the Catholic faith, but what the next step step would be if, if, you know, once that happens, then what do you do? Because I think our, our tendency, and as a mother anyway, my tendency is to be the fixer, you know, okay, okay, now you've shown me this little light and so how, how are we going to fix this how are we going to make it right uh, but but you always remind us Alan and I'm so grateful for this about asking questions asking the right questions and then listening to the answer yeah and sometimes you don't get the answer like they give you completely like completely off the wall answers and it's like you have instead of like trying to okay, let me swoop and poop all the theology that I know on you. It's, it's more about like, okay, let me ask you why you think that way or how did you think that way or walk me through that, you know? And, and it's a hard thing to do because you want to go, no, of course not. Come on, man. Like, yes. no, don't stop it. Don't be stupid. But like, right. you can't, like, you can't say things like that. You can, but I mean, it doesn't go anywhere after that. Right, right. Okay, so what, what advice did you give the kids last night or yesterday at youth group? Or what are, what are your plans for helping them? Uh, you know, I know Advent is a time of preparation, uh, but how do we prepare for that preparation time? So uh, we didn't, we didn't, I know this is horrible. We didn't talk a whole lot about Advent last night. I was really kind of focused on uh, listening to what these teens had to say. But I did invite them back. And so what I said was, is, you know, like, if you have questions, I don't want, and they were like, let me just describe really quick. Like, they were all in black. They were what we used to call, like, goth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, growing up, more like emo. And I was like, she had, like, one girl had a shirt on that said The Cure. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I used to listen to The Cure. And we started talking about music. But I was like, so what are you, what are you guys doing, you know, in a couple weeks from now? And they're like, I don't know. I'm like, why don't you come back? Mm-hmm. Come back and check us out, you know, and we're here. We don't want you to feel judged, you know. Yeah. And, um, you know, I said, I'll, I'll even wear a black T-shirt, I told her. <laughs> they were cracking up. I was like, <laughs> you know, like, I'll, we'll play the cure here for you. But why don't you swing by and check us out? They're like, yeah, we might do that. So it's like that to me is preparing, yes. right? And, and preparing for that, for Advent, is is preparing to, to walk with somebody through it. Through, like, it's like. Um, you know, on their journey. We're going to meet them where they're at mm-hmm. and then take a walk with them. And sometimes we get to Advent or to Lent or any, any kind of celebration in the church, and, like, we forget to do the regular everyday ministry that we need to be doing. So, yes, we need to prepare for Advent, prepare for Lent, get ourselves ready, but this is part of getting ourselves ready is walking with others yes. and bringing them to Christ at all times. Wow. 
Wow. I love that, Alan. I love that. Uh, I think that's just so cool that these kids showed up when they're not believers, that whatever that child had the, in him to invite them, uh, I think that's really neat. I mm-hmm. think that's a great, yeah. that's great. Uh, and hopefully we uh, pray for those kids and hopefully that they join you back again. Uh, let our listeners know, yeah, Alan, sure. where they can find out more about you and about your wonderful ministry. Uh, check us out online. You can go to adventurecatholic.com or Facebook. You can reach us at Adventure Catholic. All right. Thank you so much. Alan Migliorado, founder of Adventure Catholic Youth Leadership Formation Training, the author of The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter, co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens today. Check him out, adventurecatholic.com. Stick around. Jeremiah Harrison joins us to talk about his traditional Catholic planner called Fiat. It is 15 minutes before the hour on Wake Up. so much for tuning in to Wake Up on Catholic Community Radio. Our next guest is Jeremiah Harrison. Today he joins us to talk about the traditional Catholic planner called Fiat. And you probably remember Jeremiah joined us not too long ago uh, to talk about the liturgical year calendar subscription, these beautiful uh, calendars that just have beautiful illustrations. So glad to have you back, Jeremiah. Thanks for being with us today. Good to be here. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Tell us, we're getting, we're days away to opening our brand new planners. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your traditional Catholic planner called Fiat. Well, so for all the folks who've been following along for our little project to illustrate the whole whole liturgical year, the traditional year of the church, you know, uh, the calendars have been going well with Sophia for, we're finishing out our first year, and uh, Michaela and her sisters and I got together some months ago we had the desire to make a planner, like a, a daily or in this case a weekly planner, a little booklet that mm. can still pull in the, the imagery from the liturgical year and have everything you need at a glance, you know, so you can see what feast days are coming up, but yet you have a space also to keep notes and to, you know, plan out your life because the, you, you realize the calendars were never quite meant to be that, more, more like an art piece on the wall, but now we have something mm-hmm. that's functional that kind of ties into that. So. You know, the whole point of everything we're trying to make is, is to help Catholics and help families live with the liturgical year easily. Definitely. So I actually was having this conversation with my sister-in-law. She has been using planners for much longer than me. This is actually my first year using a Catholic planner, and I'm actually very much looking forward to it. I'm more concerned about sticking to it because I get really good for the first few months for sticking with my planner, and then something happens and I kind of forget about it. So take us into that. How can we not allow that to happen. I know sometimes things do happen, but but this can help us kind of be engaged with feast days and, and what's happening at the church at that time. Well, that what you mentioned is, I think most everybody struggles with that. I, th- I think that when it comes to using a planner, you've got to be able to fall into a, a habit of where it's, in, where it's invaluable, where you, where you find you need mm-hmm. it. If a planner is going to work, you should be referencing it multiple times a day. You should be writing notes in it that you really need to know, like appointments that are coming up. I think that's kind of the heart of what makes a planner truly useful is when you're referencing it all the time. And if you're not a planner person, that's hard to do. I mean, honestly, I still struggle with that. 
my wife uses a planner a lot, and I find that especially homeschooling moms will find the use of a kind of planner pretty natural because they've got to be able to keep tabs on their homeschooling lessons, on meals that they're making for that mm -hmm. week. So it, certain persons really love a planner, and they're going to they're gonna like this planner, I think, because part of what makes this one mm -hmm. unique is that it has images. Uh, most planners out there don't have, are not sort of filled with, with Catholic art that references the saints in the days. You know, this planner also has uh, marked on it, you know, first Friday, first Saturday for those devotions. There's a space in there for a habit tracker. So if you're wanting to uh, develop the habit of like praying the rosary every day or doing another devotional prayer, you can actually kind of mark it off in the planner. So we, we've pulled elements from modern planners that have been really useful and integrated this with these with this information about the liturgy. So I've gotten, we've gotten a lot of good feedback. This is actually a 14-month planner. It actually it started in the month of November. Mm. Some folks got in early, and they were using the planners to plan out their advent and that sort of thing. But any time really is the perfect time to get into the planner. It, will, it, it goes from November all the way through the end of the year. And we've had some really pretty good success, and we're hoping to improve the planner. I mean, our goal is to keep these planners coming every year, and I want to get feedback from mm -hmm. folks, and we're going to continue to make it uh, make the quality better, make it more useful. I love so. this. I love it because it also has first Fridays and first Saturdays. Sometimes that sneaks up, uh, you know, especially when we're very busy. And I love how that is a reminder there. But you also have days of fasting and abstinence. Talk about that. I've never heard of of having days of fasting on a calendar like that because sometimes we want to partake in that. Well, I mean, so the Catholic Church has this long history. I mean, within Christian culture, fasting is an integral part of mm -hmm. our life. It's an integral part of, you know, developing self-control, of growing in virtue. And so if you're going to have a daily planner, a book that you're going to open every day, we wanted to put as many of the pertinent things that could help, help someone grow in virtue. And by having the, the traditional fast of the Church, you know, the, the current law does not require, you know, all Catholics to participate in all of those fasts. But I tell you, it's good for the development of virtue, for the development of character, to grow closer to Christ, if you can, to, to participate mm -hmm. in, in, those, in the traditional fasts, in the traditional abstaining. And so that's part of the liturgical year, the feasts and the fasts. You're, you realize your feasts really don't take their full meaning unless you have that fast beforehand. It's kind of rising, mm -hmm. falling. You gotta. I don't know if, if if many of your listeners have been able to go to a traditional mass and hear the the Gregorian chant. When you listen to yeah. the chant, there's this there's this melody and there's a rising and a falling that's in the music that's linked to the words themselves. Well, our daily life is supposed to have that same pattern, and the fasts and the feasts mm -hmm. of the church are an, an integral part of that rising and falling pattern in our lives. Most definitely. Jeremiah, I hope it's not too late because the, the planner did kind of start in November. Could we, if we ordered it today, could we easily be jumping into that? You bet. Yep. No problem at all. <laughs> if you order today, go to Sophia, um, Sophia Institute Press. It comes in two sizes. There's a large size, which is a full eight and a half by 11, and a small size, which is um, eight and a half by five and a half, half size, essentially. Pick a size that you think uh, you'd like. You know, some, some of our moms who are doing homeschool planning, they want to use the bigger size if you want to keep more notes in it, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. But, no, at any time, I mean, it makes perfect sense. These will make great Christmas presents. Um, 
I encourage folks to check it out. And you, you can go to the website and look at a preview. You can actually see how what the pages look like. You can see the different layouts we have. You can see I'm really pleased with this flex page we have. In, in between each week, we have a, a little spread dedicated to items that you may not want to record on each day, but things that you're going to want to track for that given week. There's a lot of other planners that don't have that. So we're trying to get that mix, that right mix of giving you enough space to record what you don't want to record, but not too much. So we definitely want feedback from folks. Some folks maybe think it's too big, too small, but we're, we're tuning it. And then next year we hope to release a planner that's even better or a few more options if this goes well. So. Wow. Looking forward to the next project you have going on, Jeremiah. Uh, but this one, Fiat, the traditional Catholic planner. One more time, Jeremiah, where can we pick up our copy? Sophia Institute Press. You might, I think it's still on their front page. You can click on an icon or just type in planner into the little search bar on their website. But Sophia Institute Great. Press, you can purchase the Fiat planner. Thank you so much, Jeremiah, for joining us today. Jeremiah Harrison with Fiat, the traditional Catholic planner. Thank you so much and have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks for having me. I love coming on. Wonderful. I did link the planner in the comment section for today's Facebook Live video. That's Wake Up Monday. You'll see it pinned to the top of the Facebook page right now, so you can go on there and check that out. So, yeah, um, wow, I love talking about new things to help us get engaged this Advent, the new liturgical year, learning new things. So uh, hopefully I'll give you guys an update on how I'm doing with my planner. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited to see how that goes. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to wrap up on this feast day of the presentation of the Blessed Virgin Mary in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. O God, who willed that on this day the Blessed Virgin Mary should be presented in the temple, grant that through her intercession we may be made worthy to be presented in the temple of your glory. We ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you now and forever. Amen. amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll get you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Steve Ray joins us. Father Tim Grimes will talk about his vocation story. Thomas Moran from Good Shepherd School will also be with us and so much more. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Radio.